this morning, um, All is the title of the message. Um, I'd like to emphasize this morning, as we go through a number of scriptures, that all means all, not half, not the majority, not two-thirds, not a high percentage, but all, 100%. I would like us to, to ponder the all-compassing plan of God Almighty to meet all our needs and the needs of all people, past, present, and future. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, we believe that Almighty God decided to, to write His Word for, for us to read, for, for all mankind to read. And Scripture would indicate that His sweet Holy Spirit uh, conveyed the words of God to human men to write. So this morning, we want to look at a number of scriptures to reaffirm in our minds and hearts that Jesus is central to God's plan. And when the Holy Spirit said, write all, the men wrote all. And it meant not half, not the majority, not two-thirds, not a high percentage, but it meant a hundred percent. And it still means that. Jesus said uh, just before he left this world that he has much more that he would like to say, but when he leaves, the Holy Spirit will come. And he says, when he comes, the Spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So this morning we have before us the Word of God, which the Holy Spirit gave to men, and all of it is for our good, like we just read in Timothy. But we also have the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth as we read the Word that the Holy Spirit conveyed from God to man. So this morning I would like to mostly read Scripture and not make a lot of comment. But I'd like us to remember when we hear the word all, it means all. So think about that as we read. I'd like to read two passages that I would very much welcome you to turn to, and then I will read a number of scriptures that are scattered here and about. Maybe you want to just listen then. But if we could turn to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. 
breaking into Paul's thought here a bit, he's expressing gratitude to the church at Colossae for their faith that he heard about. And starting in verse 9, for this cause, he's talking about their faith. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him he reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. I think we'll stop there. Paul here takes a very lofty, high position of Christ, and he deserves it very much. And he is uh, explaining how Christ was before all things and brought all things into being and is reconciling all things back to God the way they were created. Let's turn to uh, 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, we'll start reading at verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also. By man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, 
Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first priest, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet, and the last enemy shall be destroyed, shall be destroyed his death. For he hath put all things under his feet, and when he saith all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Jesus, power over all things, power over death, power over everything that you could name or imagine. Now, I'd like to go uh, through a number of scriptures and just help our minds to comprehend how all-encompassing Jesus' power is, and it's for the good of you and I here this morning, for all of us, but not only for all of us, for all people all over the world, all times past, all times future, all, all means all. And not only all people, but all the sins of all people. It's amazing. A few scriptures that speak to one blood. All nations are one blood. You know, we hear a lot today about racism, and, and we probably have already uh, caught ourselves, maybe, at times thinking along those lines, hopefully, in, in a fleeting moment, but it's, it's, uh, it is not scriptural. It is not God's will or plan. God made all people of one blood. Let's read in Acts 17. This is Paul on Mars Hill introduced, introducing Jesus to people that worship all kinds of gods. And he was introducing them to the Jesus, the Jesus that he was passionate about. We'll start reading at verse 24 of Acts 17. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath, and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath de determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. 
I studied uh, a couple of years under Jayoda Jyotar at SMBI. Um, some of you have heard of him, some of you maybe know him. Uh, he was kind of a, I would say, a dignified old man, at least the years I knew him, and uh, quite, uh, quite a teacher and quite a scholar of, of scripture. And he had this little thing he would say that the, the problem of the world is universal, but so is the solution. And that is Jesus. Sin is the universal problem, and Jesus is the solution. Just before Jesus left uh, this world, he said this. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. Jesus was saying a lot there. All power was given to him. He wants his people to go into all nations, teach all things, and he's going to always be with us. What a, what a promise. Now, like I mentioned earlier, we have all sin. And Scripture bears that out many, many times. And we'll just touch on a few of these. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Romans 3.9, What then? Are we better than they? This is Paul addressing the Jew-Gentile conflict. Paul answers, No, in no wise, for we have proven for we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. What more clear picture of the reality in which we live can, can be painted than that. Uh, if you are around sheep, uh, you, it has special meaning. <laughs> sheep, uh, you can't chase sheep, at least not where you want them to go. You can chase them, but not where you want them to go. Um, I have seven different pastures, and I move the sheep around to these different pastures, and when I'm moving them from one to the other, if, if they're convinced there's better grass over there, they usually go pretty willingly. 
but not always, but occasionally there's a lamb that um, somehow didn't see the wide open gate and runs into the fence or runs off another direction. And the others, the, the main herd, will go running into the new pasture and enjoy the fresh grass. But this lamb just goes, and you can, you can spend a long time chasing that one lamb. And you can chase him right up to the open gate. And he'll stand there in the opening, but won't go through because his mind is, I don't know where. Uh, it's just amazing. It's, it's very different than cattle raining. You know, it's, it's, it's different. <laughs> There's a reason God likes us to sheep and not, not calves. So we are like sheep. We've, we've gone astray. And all, all of our sin has been laid on Jesus. But there's, there's a solution. There's a solution to this. Let's look at some of those verses. Jeremiah 33, 8. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. First John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a if there. We need to walk in the light that, that God has shown to us. But the promise is that we will be cleansed from all our sins. First John 1 John 1.9, most of us know by heart. Maybe we could say it together. Let's say it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's uh, the rest of that verse right there. There's a song uh, we used to sing sometimes back when I was a teenager, and I, I can't sing it. I don't even remember all the words. But it, it had the idea that, that when we become a Christian, uh, we, we have a new name. We, uh, we have... We, what those, our speech is different. Just all of life is different. Everything is new. And that is scriptural. That's the way it's supposed to be. When we are a new creature in Christ, behold, all things become new. And it's because we have a new heart. The heart has changed and the heart is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, all things become new. Now, how is all this possible? Well, let's look at Mark 10, 27. Jesus says here, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Not most things, not a high percentage of things, all 
things are possible with God. Mark 9.23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So, God has to be there. All things are possible with God. But, also, all things are possible with man who believes the God of the impossible. Promises. Second Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is God's will, that all come to repentance. Turn your Bibles to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, starting at verse 25. At this time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed, seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And then he says this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That's an invitation for all of us to come and cast our burdens, our cares, our whatever on the Lord. And He promises that it will go better after we do that. The burden will be lighter. The yoke will not be as cumbersome because we are yoked with Jesus. Psalm 145.20 says, The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. We have a choice. Here's one that we do well to pay attention to. John 13.35 By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Now, there's a number of commandments that Jesus gives, and again, the Holy Spirit conveyed what God wanted to say to holy men, and when they said all, they meant all. Luke 10:27. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor 
as thyself. Back on Mars Hill, Paul says this. He's speaking of men worshiping idols, and he says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. But we have this promise, Hebrews 4.15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Ephesians 4, a couple of verses. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, preparing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Romans 12, which we studied just here recently. Romans 12, 4 says, For as we have many members in one body, all members have not the same office. That is so good to remember. A lot of times we wonder why other people aren't doing things the way we do them or seeing things the way we see them. And they have a different office. They have a different responsibility, maybe a different spiritual gift, a different calling. And there, there needs to be an understanding of that, that there's many members, but one body. Paul brings that out in First Corinthians 12. Whereas the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not that same office. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all members of that one body, being many, are one body also in Christ. So let's remember that in, in the body of Christ, there is to be oneness. Diversity, but oneness. Diversity of responsibilities, of gifts, of callings, but a oneness in our love and our appreciation for the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of the church, the one who has died. And that's why we're here this morning, to 
remember Jesus dying for our sins, for all of our sins, and for each one in the whole wide world. And we are a very small part of that this morning. In conclusion, I'd like to read some of Jesus' prayer the night before he was crucified. He again includes all here. John 17, starting at verse 6. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. He's saying, all things that I've told my disciples, they realize they come from my Father, from you, Father. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are mine. They are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Can you picture what Jesus' heartbeat is there? All, all that the Father has given to him. There, there's a oneness there between Jesus and his Father. And he's wanting us to experience that. And he's wanting that for all the, the world. In Ephesians 3.20, there's two verses. This is... Uh, what some people call a benediction, and these will be my closing words. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and we can ask a lot, and we can think of a lot, but more, abundantly more than that, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ, Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I hope these scriptures have uh, deepened our appreciation this morning for what all Jesus Christ has done for you and I and for the whole world, and that we can partake together in communion with uh, a love for one another and a deep appreciation that all our sins have been washed away by the Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless you.